0: Father in heaven, I'm just so thankful that we can be here today together to learn more of you and the joy and inspiration that you fill our lives with, that you want to add value to our lives, body, mind, and spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you are knocking at the door of our hearts every day. Help us to say yes, Lord, and let you in and keep us on that path. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so value, yeah, when you think of a, when you think of a value meal, what do you think of? What's the first thing that pops into your mind?
1: McDonald's.
0: (laughs) McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, don't feel guilty about that because brand recognition occurs with babies six months old. They recognize brands. And so when we think of a value meal, what do we associate with that kind of a meal? That it, What is the characteristic of the value meal that we're thinking of? Why are they calling it a value meal? Why? Because it's what? It's cheap, right? It's cheap. So what is another definition of value? Yes, quality is the, is the definition of value. That I want to focus on this morning. And the reason that I want to focus on it has very deep roots with me. My name is Vicki Griffin. I'm the Health Ministries Director for Michigan Conference. And I've been doing this for 15, 16 years now. And I'm so thankful for the Lord's call on my life. Um, we're told in inspired writings that some are called into ministry to heal their own diseased minds. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Praise God. So you know, I started running away from home when I was five, and uh, got into very bad trouble. By the time I was 11, I was using all stuff and bulimic. I developed bulimia. I was bulimic for 20 years till I was 31 years old. So I'm, i and and I'm so thankful that Jesus created you and I for renewal, recovery, and restoration. Yeah. It's got to be some kind of comical thing in heaven that I'm health ministries director, <laughs> health and temperance. Health and what? Okay, so let's remember something right now today, because you're here because God drew you here. You're here because you have a need, not just an interest in cooking, but a need. I know that, because that's the Holy Spirit drawing us to do better with our lives, to add value to every area of our lives. And when we think about temperance, it's a fruit of the Spirit. 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 That's right. Now let's remember something. Gifts. Are given fruit is grown and when you, the Bible says when you give your heart to Jesus he fills you with his fullness it says of his fullness we have received it says that in Ephesians well it doesn't feel like it because the work has just begun but we receive it in the form of seed So you have the seed of God in you, you have the seed of temperance, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith. Temperance is not something you do, it is a character trait of God, it is a fruit of the Spirit. So living for God is not about a list, it's about a life, hidden with Jesus Christ. Now, my, my nephew is a seed scientist. I mean, the world needs people like this. I love my nephew. He's a brainiac with seeds. And when I go to Santa Barbara, I go for walks with him. And I love gardening. So I'll walk with him. And, and there are so many gorgeous plants in, in Santa Barbara. And I'll say, Michael, what is this plant? Is this a grass? Is it a fescue? What is it? And he'll say, Aunt Vicky, I would need to see the seed. If I looked at the seed, I could tell you what the plant was, and I could tell you um, if, what condition it's in, and what disease it is. And I, and I said, Michael, that is so strange. I said, look, have you ever lifted a spade in your life and planted? No, Aunt Vicki, uh, it's seeds with me. So Now, have you ever bought one-year-old seeds in the seed packet? Have you ever bought last year's seeds? They're usually half price or 75% off. Why? What happens when they sit in the package? They die. They dry up. That germinating principle actually dies. So the seeds, half of the seeds or more, just will not germinate. And it's the same principle with you and I. We are given the fullness of God when we give our hearts to Him, but we're given it, it in the form of seed. And so we have to cultivate that seed, nurture that seed, watch that seed, spray that seed. Uh, with the Holy Spirit and we have to watch for those weeds and so is it possible that you and I can leave seed that God has planted in our hearts uncultivated, untouched, unsearched for and then it it dries up and blows away and dies. And so so I'm so thankful that Jesus comes to us every day and he is the sower. He wants to sow fresh seed in our hearts. How many of you would like a fresh packet of seed this morning? Amen. Amen? And so just because, I'm telling you this, just because it starts to feel hard when you're making changes doesn't mean God isn't in it. The miracle is the perseverance. It's a miracle in a brown wrapper. How many of you would like more perseverance today? How many of you would like more backbone and less wishbone? Okay. Just because it's hard doesn't mean God isn't in it. It takes determination. It takes prayer. It takes perseverance, and it takes the power of God. Amen? Amen so as we begin this today, I want you to know that in my beginnings, I could eat a wedding cake in 15 minutes and I never saw anything green except money. And so (laughs) I'm very, very thankful. I love what Evelyn says. She says that we can learn to crave the good stuff. So what begins as an emotional issue or problems or ignorance, Bible talks about being ignorantly alienated from the life of God. What begins as a spiritual or emotional problem very quickly becomes a biology problem. It becomes a brain problem. It becomes a metabolic problem. And that's why healing takes time. Never mind the quick fixes, never mind the ads about the raspberry drops that are going to burn belly fat in 10 days and you're just going to love everything in, a, in 7 days and lose 50 pounds. No, I'm sorry. The healing is in the journey. Let's start to have joy in the journey. What do you say? All right, so today I'm going to talk to you about value. Oh, and by the way, come to our boot camp this afternoon. We're having Balanced Living Boot Camp. And uh, one of our guest speakers is here, Jerry Shiel, if you'll just wave. To, he's, he's our, <laughs> he's, he's our afternoon one of our afternoon track speakers. And you can learn how to be blessed professionally, personally, how to share purposefully, practically, and personally. And that's what we need to do to give the devil a black eye. How many of you would like to give the devil a black eye, put him out of business? All right. so. Adding value is what it's all about. So when you think about a coleslaw, what's in a coleslaw? Cabbage. Cabbage. What else? A a few little shredded carrots. What else? A little bit of onions. Mostly just mayonnaise and sugar dressing. I mean, there's really not a lot to coleslaw. It tastes good. I mean, we like coleslaw on a picnic. But what if we were to think, this, is called, this section of our program this week is called concept cooking. So instead of going home with just a recipe, we want you to go home with a concept. So the concept that I want to leave with you today is adding value to what you already like. Okay? Adding value to your meals. God wants to add value to your life. He wants to add value to your social health your psychological and emotional health your spiritual health your physical health and you know what i want to create an atmosphere in my meeting so that if somebody knows they're dying they still want to be with me because i'm going to add value to their experience in the valley of the shadow of death amen Amen. so we're going to add value to a coleslaw i live alone and I don't like to waste food. And some of the recipes that, that we see and that people demonstrate use big amounts of different foods. But it's hard for one person to eat all those individual items. So what I'm sharing with you today, I eat this, or some form of it, almost every day of my life. And I love it. And it is so healthy. It's called, and it has what's called the crunch factor. So let's say that together, crunch factor. <laughs> Uh, so here's the saying, three cheers for salad, raw, raw, raw. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not an enemy of cooked food. Of course we want cooked food. Cooked vegetables and cooked foods actually increase beta carotenoid or the carotenoid absorption, iron absorption, and protein absorption. But would you agree with me that we need more raw food the diet? Yes. Yeah, for a lot of good reasons. Here's a really special reason why. In the brain, there is something about crunching food, and I don't mean potato chips, but the combination of this, what is called the crunch factor, is becoming a targeted therapy for depression and addictions. Because when we crunch, on these healthy foods, it stimulates a very special area of the brain called the hippocampus, which has to do with learning and memory. And it lowers the stress hormones that tend to destroy those neurons. And so what is beginning to, uh, to become mainstream in neuroscience is to incorporate the lifestyle feature of exercise and the crunch factor as a targeted therapy against depression, anxiety, and addiction. So now do you have a better reason to start enjoying some crunchy stuff? That's why I'm cheerful today. It's because I ate something crunchy yesterday. <laughs> it's really helpful. Alright, so I'm gonna show you how to add value to a coleslaw. This is so fun. So what I do, I will take now a package of, let me show you, I have to learn how to do this. What is this? Coleslaw. coleslaw. And watch this, how hard this is. okay with a little practice you can do this too <laughs> and then maybe you have a job like mine someday
1: <laughs>
0: okay this is I just wanted to show some different very cool things so I love this stuff in this part of the grocery store I will even get the, the, the ve- vegetable mixes that have cauliflower and broccoli and brussels sprouts and all that cool stuff and chop it up and put it in there so you get a little bit of everything in this salad because I want crunch factor so this is a very cool one that has some different stuff in it this is a chopped salad kit mix and sometimes all to season my salad I don't use the whole dressing package but I'll use a little bit for flavoring it's kind of fun mixes it up a little bit well I, I have my glasses on let me see uh, let's see carrots green onions crunchy cabbage kale romaine um, yeah, it's cool. And then there's another one I used on the salad sample that had um, brussels sprouts in it. Yeah, and so some really good stuff. This I love. I want you to be aware of this and use it. This is broccoli slaw. How many of you have ever seen or used broccoli slaw? It's a very interesting fact. These are, these are the stems that are julienned and they take off the rough outer edge, and you think, well, this is probably just refuse from the broccoli. No, the the stem is higher in calcium than the floret. This is good. This is premium stuff. So now is my coleslaw, am I adding value to my coleslaw? Yeah, I enjoy this uh, so very much. Now this is a julienne carrot. See that? They're julienne. They're little... They're um, see the little they're like toothpicks. Now and it just looks fun to have them all the same shape in here. How many of you have seen the uh, rainbow carrots that are different colors? The deep purple and they're yellow inside, and then there's a white carrot and an orange carrot. How many of you have seen those? They're at Myers. How many of you have tried them? They are amazing. They keep a long time in the refrigerator. They are. Fabulous. They're so delicious and often instead of doing the Julian carrots I will put this deep purple carrot in there and it's so fun. So this is the first part of my salad. I always want to include greens. Greens are very rich in magnesium um, and they have a calming effect. In fact there's a very interesting Japanese study which shows that when serum or blood levels of uh carotenoids that you find in these colorful vegetables and fruits are higher in the blood you have lower levels of irritability and sleeplessness now are those triggers for anxiety and addiction and depression problems so those are all and also higher levels of of magnesium are linked with lower levels of pain and nervousness so this is this food is a gift from god not only is it beautiful but it's medicine and it's amazing how, uh, how it contributes to mental as well as physical health. It also affects the microbiome or the gut bacteria. So we talk a lot about mental health in terms of neurotransmitters. The neurotransmitter is the basic chemical of communication in the brain that, neuro, that neurons produce. So you've heard of serotonin, right? Well, only only about three percent of serotonin which it has to do with mood, it has to do with appetite, it has to do with sleep it's a, it, it is a precursor to a sleep hormone. Um, only about three- four percent of it is produced in the brain 95 percent of it is produced in the GI tract. There are 50 neurochemicals that we associate with mood in the brain that are produced by the brain that are also made, stored and secreted by the mobile cells of the immune system, the cells of the respiratory tract, and the GI tract. And those, the foods that you eat affect the bacteria in your GI tract and the um, manufacture of dopamine, about half of dopamine, which has to do with rewards and mood, uh, serotonin, it affects the levels of these things in the gut, including GABA. GABA is an impulse control. An impulse control neurotransmitter. So GABA helps you not do stuff. Uh, I remember one time my husband said, Vicki, is your motto ready, shoot, aim? He said, Do you ever think before you act? And so I need lots of fiber to help <laughs> GABA. So the battle, you know, the battle really is about all these multiple systems. And and when they take miserable, irritable rats and they take their microbiota, they take their their bacteria from the bowel and inject it into happy rats, guess what happens to the happy rats? They become irritable. And when you take happy rat bacteria and, and put it in a grouchy rat, what happens? They become happy. Now, look, I know we don't operate on the level of rats, but would you agree with me that we need every tool in the box? and when your GI tract is producing chemical molecules and messengers of well-being it assists mental health, mood, memory, learning and behavior so this is more about much more than metabolic processes it's about every system in the body so we're adding value to our lives not just our our physical health. Now the other thing that I want to add to this, isn't this pretty so far? Can you see how gorgeous this thing is? I ju- oh, thank you. I just added some uh, 50-50 spring mix and spinach. So I'll either use chopped kale or parsley, or I'll use cilantro, or I'll use spinach. Or in a group like this where we're going to eat this right away, I'll use a spring mix. And So you can just mix it up, have a lot of fun. But I always love to do this. Now the other thing that I love to add are these beautiful, colorful peppers. How many of you have seen these small peppers before? They're really nice. I get them because they last a long time. They really keep well. And um, my co-speaker, oh, oh, here in the back, everything that you ate today, he chopped. <laughs> so we want to thank Jerry for uh, his hard work. Now there's, so I he chopped up these beautiful, colorful peppers. I'm putting those in there. And the other thing that I love to add, I didn't bring the package out. But these gorgeous sweet peas, these crunchy sweet peas, they last in the refrigerator. They're fabulous. So I'm adding these. Um, Can I have the big salad bowl over there, please? And bring that over here, because this is getting bigger than I ever imagined. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, great. Okay, so let's have my sous chef help me to get this into the. All of it. Wow, that is so beautiful. Thank you, Evelyn. I don't tell her what to do very often, so this is kind of a treat. (laughs) Okay, And these are some gorgeous chopped green chopped greens now that this is where you get to get creative we made two different salads for you today one had chopped tomato and this lovely gorgeous baked tofu how many of you have seen where's the thing this how many of you have seen this at the store it's baked it's cooked it's ready it's fantastic it has a great chewy consistency you can put it in a salad or a wrap or have it as a sandwich this one is chipotle they also have a teriyaki And my refrigerator rarely does not have this in it. It's fabulous. It's just a great way to add a protein component. So one of our salads had tomato and tofu. I'm going to do the other option today. Of course, you can put garbanzos. You know, you want a protein source in here. But today, I'm going to use peanut. How many of you liked your salad today? Is it good? Right, great. Okay. so I'm putting peanuts in this one and a few more. Okay. and now this is the treat. This is the treat that I put in with it. How many of you got a cherry, a beautiful sweet tart cherry in your salad? Yeah, I love it. So I'm going to add some cherries in this one. Sometimes you can add a little diced apple and walnuts. Do it that way. You see? Use your imagination. What do you love? So that's this. My hands are clean. OK. And now I'm going to add my dressing. So I'm going to use olive oil. Extra virgin olive oil, which is fabulous, and just a little bit more, (laughs) maybe a little more. (laughs) Olive oil is a great—it's a great source of mono. What'd you say? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would cry if it was bad for you. I mean, I—that would be like a huge step for me. But anyway, it's good for you. Extra virgin olive oil is very rich in 31 different antioxidants, including hydroxytyrosol, which softens arterial walls, so it's awesome. I'm going to put some iodized salt in here, a little bit of salt. It's a big salad, guys, so don't... And now I'm going to put some onion and garlic powder. And I didn't bring my tahini out, but that... No, that's okay. Well, what is this? Onion powder. Okay, I don't measure. so if your salad was good, I'm happy. If it was bad, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, do your own dressing, but make it healthy. They may not know tahini. Tahini. OK, thank you, Evelyn. I'm showing it. OK. <laughs> sesame <laughs> tahini. You tell them. No, you tell OK. <laughs> She's tired of me telling her what to do today already. <laughs> OK, so sesame tahini is gorgeous, OK? Is that good enough for you? It's a gorgeous sesame. I'm going to put a little more high in calcium calcium, it's awesome fabulous earthy what do they call that in the new age world that there's a word for this tambuco or something Uh, anyway so we're going to put some lemon fresh lemon is going to increase iron absorption and it's full of vitamin C these are all stress lowering compounds so have we added value to this coleslaw or what?
1: any questions you know it was interesting because nobody asked probably the most common question i get about crock pots and people want to know what size do you recommend what size do you like and of course i could never just hey can i get a paper towel here i would never just say one of course (laughs) but i would limit it down to two i'd want to get a big one like a a a six quart and I like the oval kind, and uh, just because it's nice to bake bread in, or there's other things that holds an insert, it holds a dish nicely. But a six quart is a good size, and then probably a smaller one like about a three quart, so that was perfect that you had the three quart to hand out today. Um, just because it's lightweight, you can do a lot of cooking in a three quart pot. And, and I'll tell you um, a secret of, of the crock pot industry. <laughs> I, I figured this out years ago when I was trying to figure out what kind of what size pot I had because it doesn't say there, you know, once you get rid of the box, you're not really sure. And so I was trying to determine that and I measured a couple of pots. I, I measured out the water and I put it in the pot. And so one of them was a three and a half quart pot. And I could not get three and a half quarts of water into it. It was like a couple cups short, and I thought, "Well, something's wrong here." And so then I got another pot and I did the same thing. And I, something's wrong here. And so I called up the company, and I said, "You know, what? Well, uh, I think you've got some wrong labeling on your boxes because I know that this one is supposed to be a three and a half quart, but it only holds um, three quarts and three and two cups." And, they, and the lady said wow no kidding I don't know and so then she went and talked to somebody and, and come to find out they measure the outside of the pot and that's how they come up with that size and so if you really want you know I'm just that's my that's my negative talk for the day <laughs> everything else I love crack pots. I appreciate them so much they're a blessing for sure Now, this first recipe is uh, a savory baked oats. And this is what you had in the sandwiches. And so if you make them the first day, they're more moist. If you let it set until they're cool or, or serve them the next day, then they're more solid just because the oats become more firm. And I like them the second day in a sandwich. And so this is the book that we're cooking from today. So the, uh, let's see, the first ingredient there is, is your onions. And what I have done is I've, I've oiled my, um, <clears throat> I sauteed my onion in the one tablespoon of oil. And so I'm just going to, I've already done that, so I'm putting that in my mixing bowl. And then I'm using um, the nuts. And what I like to do is, in this recipe, you either finely chop them, but it's faster if you just put them in the the, uh, blender. And so these are just chopped up in the blender. And there's sunflower seeds. And I use sunflower seeds quite a bit. They're only, like, I buy them uh, five pounds from Country Life, and they're like $1.75 a pound. So that's pretty inexpensive, and they're very nutritious. These are raw sunflower seeds. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> and then we have our tofu, which I've already, oh, I should just say, I'm just doing a half a recipe for the demonstration. You're probably wondering about that. Um, and I usually do that for demonstrations. I would usually just do half a recipe because it's, um, it's faster for me to prepare the items, but it's also a little bit easier to mix up something. It's a little bit faster. And so I have some mashed tofu here. The recipe goes for one and a half cups, but I have three-fourths of a cup of mashed tofu. And I'm using today, I'm using the water-packed kind, but you can also use the kind that is um, the aseptic packaging, the mori new, the kind that you don't have to refrigerate till you open it. You can use either kind of tofu. And then we have uh, the water. And so I'm putting my water in here. And the, you know, I should say too that for if you're doing cooking classes, and so I have my my demo item in here, and then I always write on the top of it uh, the recipe that it goes to and what's in there. And then I keep those items together. And, and that way it's faster when you get to your location as far as sorting things out. Uh, the next ingredient here is the, um, the yeast flakes. And I've actually put them in here with my oats. Sometimes I'll do that too to save a, save a little bit of stuff that I'm carrying along. Is there anything else here? The salt. I've got my salt and my onion powder right here. And then, and so it says to uh, mix these things up and then add the oats last. That's just to make it a little easier for stirring. Is there any questions so far? And I use, I use quick oats in here because, and in the cookies that we'll have later, just because I like the, uh, I like the appearance better than if I were to use the rolled oats, the bigger flakes. I, I just think that this looks a little bit better. And. Uh, after this is mixed, I'm going to put it. A full recipe goes in a nine by thirteen, but this one I'm putting in an eight by eight. And um, nothing. I'm going to save. I'm going to save my eight by eight for the bread. But what I want to tell you here is that uh, I. Um, you can use a spray you know like a non-stick spray but what i use what i use in my pans is liquid lecithin and this is a very inexpensive way to oil your pans. and so i have i keep on hand two different bottles one has this one is strictly lecithin that's all that's in here what i use this for mainly is to put in my crock pot when I'm going to cook cereal. If you've cooked cereal in the crock pot, you know that sometimes it can stick pretty pretty well to the sides. If you take a a little silicone brush, for years I used a paintbrush and that works just fine except sometimes you get little ha- you know the uh, the what? Yeah, it's so he you know, fiber, right? But I do, you kind of prefer this. And I, I just store it like this at home in a jar. And I have my lecithin here. And for a six-quart pot, I paint on maybe about a teaspoon or maybe a little bit less of this, mainly on the sides of the crock pot because the crock pot does not cook from the bottom. It cooks from the sides. So it's the sides that you want to cover. And the, the lecithin, lecithin is so thick you know, it's very thick. That's why it won't dissolve once the water gets hot in the crock pot. Whereas if you sprayed it or used oil, then that's going to dissolve as the crock pot gets hot. But this won't. But it washes off easily with soap and water. But the other one, what I use for my other pans, this is about, and there's no combination here, but maybe five or six parts oil, any kind of oil that you like cooking oil, not motor oil, um, to one part lecithin. And you'll find that the lecithin will sink to the bottom. And so just, and that that is fine, because there's always some still in there. But if you want to stir it a little bit with your brush before you dip it out, you can do that. It's such a, a nice, easy product to have. Any questions? Yeah. I'm going to say in a, about the, the ratio of the oil to lecithin is about five or six parts oil to one part lecithin. And I have that in both of my cookbooks where I talk about that. Yes? What is lecithin? Lecithin is, is soybeans. Oh, okay. Yeah, soybean oil. I don't know why it's so thick compared to you can buy soybean oil that's just regular oil. That's a good question it's an extra huh yeah that's I like her answer Evelyn Evelyn said it's an extraction of the oil right Vicki said there's glue in it (laughs) take your pick is there anybody here that does not know what yeast flakes are I'll pass this around Uh, so yeast flakes are not something for baking they're a good they're they're um, a food yeast and so it won't rise rise your bread and uh, any questions about that any of that so far so on the on your sandwiches the next two recipes were the ketchup and the um, you can either take that away or we can push it down with the Whatever, but yeah, that one comes. I'm not quite ready, but that's the next one, yeah. Okay. Does this go to? No. So your ketchup recipe, I'm not going to demonstrate that, but I think it's pretty self-explanatory. There, you've got uh, your tomato sauce and paste, and you just mix it together. (laughs) This will, uh, you can freeze this if you want to, and it will also thicken more as it chills. And then turning to the next page, your Sunseed spread. No. Oh yeah, I do. Your sunseed spread is is one of these recipes that you make in the blender, and you and the key here is that you blend it smooth. I've got two two things that I want. To, I'll be talking about today two recipes that it's important to really blend your your um, recipe smooth. And I'm just going to pass this around so that you can see. I won't throw this one. <laughs> I want you to see you can take the lid off if you want to but how very smooth it is and so blending might take two minutes in your blender and so it really has to go smooth and so the first ingredient here is the hot cooked rice or millet or pasta and it needs to be hot just because then it's easier to blend it smooth. If it's not hot, it, you can still get it smooth. If, especially if you have a high-tech, uh, you know, a strong blender that will actually heat it up while it's blending. Yes, no. millet is a grain uh, that. In, if you if you bought birdseed before, it's that little round, grain, wh- yellowish white grain in the birdseed. And uh, <clears throat> brown yes, brown rice is what I use. Uh, this in the Sunseed spread that I made today I I didn't have any in the refrigerator so I just cooked up some instant brown rice and that was a fast way to do it because usually if I don't have a a rice or millet I might cook some pasta and I like the pasta texture it's it's very creamy and it's easy to get it's very smooth but then I thought well I'll cook some instant brown rice and that's what I did here and One of the common questions I get about spreads is how long do they keep? Because we know that you can buy a commercial spread and it'll last for months in the refrigerator. Um, but with these types, since there's no preservatives in them, what do we do? And in my uh, Freely Eat cookbook, I have eight tips that help to make your your spreads and dressings and gravies last longer. And uh, Typically, mine like that sunseed spread, typically it will last two to three weeks in the refrigerator. If it's a, a fruit spread or a ketchup, it will last up to four weeks easily. And and just two things that I'll mention is that one, when I when I make a large recipe, and like that sunseed spread, it can be frozen. But if you make a large recipe, I put it into smaller containers so that as I put one out on the table let's say it's sat out on the table two or three meals, I, um, you know, as it gets to room temperature, then that's when it's gonna spoil. And so I keep them in small containers and I don't mix them. I keep the ones that I haven't used in the refrigerator. And then when I'm ready for a new one, I pull that one out. Does that make sense? And I don't, if I've used up one during a meal and I want more, I don't use the same spoon that was in the old one and uh, and that helps also to keep things let not getting contaminated okay and if you do want to freeze a a spread if you want to try doing that what what will work with these Sunseed spread or a cheese sauce is that when it thaws out um, heat it just a little bit in the microwave or in a saucepan Just heat it enough enough so it'll smooth right out when you, um, and then it'll thicken again when it chills. Alrighty, then uh, I am, uh, I I have a double blind test here. I think that the double blind, they're the ones that are really, really the high tech ones. And the thing that makes it double blind is Even the person doing the experimenting can't tell you the difference because because she doesn't know. She did know, but she. uh, So we have two jars with yeast. This is the bread recipe we're going to next. So now, one yeast is yeast that I just bought this year, uh, just a couple months ago. I bought it. You know, I, I like to use these instant yeasts because they seem to be—they're supposedly a little more du- durable to the heat. Oh, that's right. Thank you. And uh, so, one I just bought this year. The other one, um, I found it at home. I—I I just I. Evelyn she buys her cereals in 25 pound bags and I do too and sometimes I buy a lot of things that way and then sometimes I don't know what all I have so I found this package of yeast and it said best if used by a certain date in 2010 and this was 2011 when I found it and opened it one of these type of things but I kept it I've kept it in the freezer ever since and so I, I decided to compare the two so can you tell me what one do you think is the new one and the old one? And, and the answer is because when I did this this week they both looked the same and, and actually the answer is I don't know because <laughs> When I put the yeast in there, I forgot to keep it separated. But they both work, right? They both work good. Take my word for it, because I made bread with the old one. Anyway, with uh, with the instant yeast, if you know that it's good, and so I store mine... I put it, when I empty the bag, I put them in a couple of glass jars and I keep it in the freezer. And then I just pull it out of the freezer and use it. And so if you know that you've got good yeast, you don't need to go through this stage that they call the proofing stage. But I just did it for, just to show you what it it looks like. The warm water and the sugar cause the yeast to bubble up. And that's what's going to give leavening in here so we're looking at that whole wheat muffin mix I just put the oil in and I've already added the uh, warm water and the sweetener and next I have and in here I've got whole wheat flour and white flour and so it's three cups of whole wheat half a cup of white and I also put my salt in there as well and the idea here, this is when I, I made this loaf of bread that I showed you yesterday. And so the thing that I like about this recipe is that it's a, uh, a no need um, yeast bread. And I've, for years, I've just had that half a cup of white flour in there. I'm imagining I was going to try it this week, but I didn't have time. But I really don't think that you probably need that. You can probably just use all whole wheat if you want to. But uh, I haven't done that, so. Okay, so now during this mixing process, what you're doing is developing the gluten in the wheat, and that's what the the yeast works together with to cause it to um, rise. And in the instructions, I say to stir this for a couple of minutes, and that's what you're going to do to... um, Develop that gluten in there. Any questions about this recipe? I have in the on the page there that I in my book I've got 14 variations to this recipe, so like banana bread or um, a tahini bread or a, or a pineapple or just a lot of different ways that you can use this basic recipe. You can make this into Muffins or biscuits or you can put it on a um, That's what I want that eight by eight for Uh, You can bake it in an eight by eight or you can use a little little loaf pans like this Um, A lot of different ways and so you can see that it's this is not hard to do You just stir this for a couple of minutes to develop that gluten and then you put it in your pan now, I used, for your bread today, just this week, I started playing, or yeah. And so I put it in one of these pans. And I was amazed, you know, to get this loaf like I did. But, but then I made it a few more times since then. I guess it was last week I was playing around with it. I did it a few more times since then, and I noticed that one time I, I let it rise for the 20 minutes that, it, that I have on the recipe, but then I forgot about it, and so it rose for another um, like 10 minutes or so, and so it overrose. And so then when I put it in the oven, it, it caved. And so I think it was just too big of a pan, too, too hard of a job for this um, you know, more liquidy type of a yeast bread. And then I did it a couple more times, and it worked out just fine. And then I did it again, and I noticed it um, it, just a little bit of a a dip in the middle. And so I cut it this morning, and this is what I had. (laughs) But I also had some good ones in there. All right, so this is all there is to this. And the one thing about this recipe is that it stays moist longer than than a regular um, yeast bread that has more flour to it. OK, I wanted to, uh, you can maybe, well, the oven's not on anyway, so it doesn't matter. You can just leave it, I guess. You'd have to have some, some kind of gluten flour, right, yeah. I wanted to also just show you real quickly how to measure flour because uh, some some people will okay some people will um, you know put their measuring cup in here and, and clean it off and that's how they do it but the, the, uh, the Martha Stewart way is that you, you stir your flour, and then I'm going to say this is my measuring cup, and then you put it, you know, you just spoon it in. That's the idea, so that you're not packing it. This is just some uh, whole wheat flour from Myers. And so the idea is that you, you stir the flour, and then you spoon it into your measuring cup, and then you level it off. Oh, I need the blender. So with this soup, the uh, broccoli cheese soup, I think I'm going to bring Evelyn home with me. (laughs) Evelyn, the blender please. This this recipe, uh, what gives it the you know the, the the cheesy color is your carrots, your cooked carrots and potatoes blended uh, blended up together here, and so you're cooking and this you know this makes it naturally a, a a vegetable fiber type recipe, and if you want to add more fiber to it, you can put some cooked light colored beans like a navy bean or a great northern bean if you're looking for ways to increase the bean factor we are yes. we are. We love that fiber and so I've already cooked and this is just a half a recipe and I've already cooked my carrots and, and onions potatoes in the water and I'm going to add my cashews and my salt and So I would do this for a couple minutes. I want it to be creamy smooth. I, I don't want any uh, any little chunks of nuts in there, and and what you'll find is is that it's as it blends. It if you have a, a high bl- a high end blender, it'll create heat right in there, and it'll actually change the color into the more orangish color, um, and so. And then after this is cooked, then you want to put it back in your saucepan to reheat it again, and then you can put broccoli. That's what I used today with some raw broccoli that I I cooked until tender, and then I stirred that in just enough to get hot. But if you don't want to mess with cutting up broccoli, you can use some frozen vegetables or some canned vegetables, you know, anything on there. This is really nice, put over a baked potato, over pasta, that, yeah like a cheese it's a low-fat cheese yes you can use sunflower seeds you can use um, almonds that uh, if you want to use the almonds and you don't want to see the little brown fleck in there then you can then you can um, buy the kind without the, the peeling or in my cookbook, in this one, I tell you how you can get the peeling off real quick by boiling them. Yes? We found uh, in our house in Marley, so if you want to have the that? Oh. Almond, an even mix of almonds and walnuts, walnuts. if you want to avoid the cashews. Wow. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna show them that, but you can take the blender. Thank you. And and uh, Vicky was talking about the quality of those broccoli stalks, and and so probably most of you already do this, maybe everybody. But if you, when you have your stalk, if you peel it to the white, you know, the white center there, just take off the. the The hard part and this is what I have left and this is delicious and and you can either leave it raw or you can cook it so like from this to this that's uh, now these cookies the banana the sugar-free banana date mounds With cooking classes, I will usually, rather than to mash up a banana ahead of time, and then they get you know a little bit brown, and they don't look, look that great. So a lot of times, I'll just use some applesauce, which is what I'm gonna, and that's what I'm using here, which it, the color isn't really any different than a <laughs> banana that gets brown, but <laughs> it's, so. If you want a cookie that's not quite as sweet, applesauce is a good thing to use or you can you can use a a jam like if you've made a dried fruit jam a date jam or apricot jam you can use that instead of bananas so I have um, this is my and I'm just doing half a recipe so the mashed bananas and then the chopped dates here's another thing I'm gonna pass around oh that was my fault <laughs> I, I use the, the date dices They're nice, they're just already cut up. I buy these from Country Life, the date dices. They're not the date pieces, they're the date dices. And so I'm passing around a bag so that you can see what they look like. I put that in. And then in your cookies, I use the chopped walnuts. But sometimes I'll just use sunflower seeds. So I just put the sunflower seeds and the salt in there. There's a lot of different ways to chop up walnuts that are pretty they don't take that long to do But one way that I use is like a Ziploc bag and a rolling pin So I just put my walnuts about a cup or so at a time in there And then I roll them and maybe within 30 seconds or a minute at the very most I've got nice finely chopped walnuts And then I'll just I'll just store this bag in the refrigerator so that I can use it again the next time after this is mixed, I add the oats, and that's all there is to this recipe. You can use any dried fruit that you'd like. You don't have to use coarse dates. You can use raisins or currants. And then I will, the recipe, uses I use about a tablespoon and a half, and so you can use like a cookie scoop if you want to, or this is a very cool one where, um, see what it does? You push it down and it pops the dough. And so if you dip these like in water and shake out the water and then, and then scoop your dough, it works quickly. Or you can just use a measure, put some in your hand. The, you don't want to uh, compress them. And so I will just put some in my scoop. didn't pack it down at all I just put it in my scoop and then I just uh, put it on the cookie sheet like that so just put some in there and since they're not pressed in there I don't even need to use the little punchy deal but that and so your sample was about a fourth of one of those <laughs> it was so small I hope you could have tasted it <laughs> this is because it's again a, a pretty healthy way to, to have a cookie. Any questions? Yes, yeah, it could be gluten free if you if your oats were gluten free.
0: And they usually are.
1: And Evelyn said, and, and they usually are. Alrighty. Uh, <clears throat> the the other thing that I mentioned, I'll uh, just take a minute two minutes at the very most here yesterday i mentioned that i was going to give you a couple of ideas for at a a class at a supper club or at a cooking class what you could ask people to help create some conversation and so in our last classes we had been talking about increasing your fiber gradually on your plate to where 75 percent of your plate was the um, Fruits and vegetables, your cooked whole grains like your oatmeal, brown rice, that sort of thing, quinoa, and beans. And seven, if you, if because uh, the name of our class was "Eat More and Weigh Less," and and that was the key here was at least seventy-five percent of your plate at every meal, becoming these kind of foods, and and so, one of the classes I asked um, if if somebody could share a positive experience that they've been having about doing this and so you know what's something that they've experimented with and so people would start saying yeah I, I um, started eating more of this particular kind of salad that or, or whatever it was and then I and then when I ask that question then I'll just it's important to have good eye contact with the people you know that's with the person that's talking and then I might say well can you tell me more about that it sounds like that was really a good thing. Tell me what you liked about that. And, and so just kind of asking some more questions to get them talking and maybe some short reflections about what they just said. Well, it sounds like you've learned that um, blueberries on your oatmeal taste really good to you. And, and you're just kind of supporting what they're doing well. And, and what would you like to do more of, do you think? And that gets people talking, and it's a very good thing to do in a class. So if you'd like some, some questions like that, some, some things that you can do in a class, again, if you email me, I'll send you a handout on that. And I, I really like what Vicki said that um, she wrote, uh, it's not about a list. You know, so it is a good thing to, to be looking at ways to add fiber, to exercise more, to drink more water, to get rest. But but true temperance isn't really about making a list. It's about a life. And it's, so it's as we can help people not just make these changes, but how that we can help them to know the, the life that really changes them inside of, of Jesus. So... Thank you so much. It was really great to be with you here last two days. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joanne. Were you blessed? by Joanne how does she get all those ingredients together to show you all this stuff that's what I would like to know three in the morning okay (laughs) well God bless you Joanne and she is uh, you know a wellness a pastor's wife a wellness coach and I talked about that yesterday if you're if you feel like you're stuck and, and you need to make forward movement it's not happening for you. Um, Joanne does telephone coaching and it's it's a ministry but it is of course there's a cost involved but it's it's priceless it's priceless to learn how to take the next step and stay there until you get to the next step after that there's an art to this and I'm so thankful that she's invested her time to learn how to do coaching so that we can actually take a step step up Jacob's ladder amen I love Joanne's cookbooks. I love what she's doing. Thank you, Evelyn, for being such a good sport. She's a great colleague for all these years. And um, we just want you to know that it is Christmas in June. Christmas in June. So when Peggy Lee shared with us today, uh, Evelyn brought this up for me to show. This is the program she used. And we're going to have this uh, displayed at our our Balanced Living Boot Camp this afternoon. And one person was afraid to come because he thought we were going to make a march. But <laughs> but we said no, we're not going to do that. What and time is that? it's at two o'clock, Balanced living boot camp in the Commons. And then the other thing that's just amazing this these are our three books, um, and we're giving you a twenty five dollar book free. It's the Living Free book. Uh, so for the price of two books, you're getting a twenty five dollar book, which is the expensive one free. And then we have. A, PowerPoints, scripted PowerPoints for you to uh, be blessed by so that you can make your home a home of hope. You can do this. Uh, Peggy Lee can do it. I can do it. You can do it. And you know what? Blessings bounce back. When you reach out for God, it solidifies the truth in your own heart. And we learn. Ellen White says, as we humbly profess what we know, we will grow in grace and truth. How would you like to humbly profess what you know today? And learn. Have that learning spirit. Uh, and our own cookbook is on, super special, check it out. And then some audiobooks so you can take care of, so you can take advantage of Automobile University. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all three of these books on audiobook back there, all three of them for just $9, so praise God. You know, we just want to get the word out. Jesus is coming soon. My husband used to say the reason they call it organized crime is because it's organized. <laughs> so when you add value to your own life, God is going to prepare you to add value to someone else's life. Amen? So let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord Jesus, that, you, that all heaven was poured out in a gift to add everything to our lives, to give, to give back everything that sin has broken and taken away. And we thank you for the gift of temperance. We thank you for the fruit of the Spirit. We thank you for the seeds that you want to grow into mature plants. Lord Jesus, we want to love you better and represent you better. And I pray that you just put that hungering and thirsting in our hearts and help us to have joy in the journey of making better choices every day. Please bless Joanne for all the hard work she's put into this. Help us, Father in heaven, to go away with a determination that is implanted by God that we will not, when we make mistakes, give up, but we will get up. And we just thank you in Jesus' name.